On this week's episode of the podcast, I've got some video game discussions, some anniversaries, some premiere dates, and of course the messiness that was Frenchie. Frenchie's Playhouse, Frenchie's Funhouse, whatever you want to call it, on this week's Big Brother 23. All right, let's hit some random topics to start off this podcast this week. Drama Queens, the One Tree Hill podcast with Hillary Burton, Bethany Joy Lenz, and Sophia Bush, where they are going episode by episode and watching, re-watching One Tree Hill. Uh, they had Lee Norris on this week, and that was a very fun interview. I highly recommend that. I really enjoyed that. It was... That was a fun reunion with the four of them on there talking and telling stories. So, yeah, check that out. Drama Queens, the latest episode of that podcast is up with Lee Norris. The 90210MG podcast this week had Christine Elise that was on. Of course, she played Emily Valentine on Beverly Hills 90210. She dropped some information that I have never heard this before. And Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling were pretty clueless on this too. She said that when she wasn't happy with what they did with her character of Emily Valentine, with how, you know, how they wrote the character off to where, you know, everything happened with the float and all that to where she just went crazy, you know, and, uh, she was not happy with how the character ended up. She wanted something better for it. And she was talking to Jason Priestley about it. And he just basically called up Aaron Spelling. It was like, here, handed her the phone. Like, here, call and voice it. <laughs> and she's like, what? And so after talking about it, and of course, he was very receptive to it. And he... He understood it. He said that what they had planned was they wanted Emily Valentine to be the first spinoff character for Melrose Place. I had never heard this before. And so it was going to be, she was going to be the first character to try to pull people over from 90210 to watch Melrose Place. And she said that that was the plan and she was all excited for it. And she said when the money offer came in that she just didn't feel like it was enough money. She just didn't like the money amount that they offered her, so she turned it down. And then that's when they came up with Jake Hansen, you know, where they wrote him into like quickly into a couple episodes of 90210 and then spun him off to be like the character that the 90210 audience would know it goes over to Melrose Place and starts that show. But I had never heard that story that Emily Valentine was a plan for Melrose Place. That was interesting information. So, NBA 2K22, the launch date for that video game has been announced. It is going to be September 10th. We have several cover athletes, going to be different covers that you can get, as always. We have a Luca cover. Some of the other people that are on some of these covers, Dirk, Nowitzki, Kareem, Kevin Durant. Candace Parker, she is going to be the first female to make a cover on NBA 2K. 
So the Candace Parker edition of this game is going to be a 25th anniversary WNBA edition. And this edition is only going to be released exclusively at GameStop and EB Games. And it won't be available on all systems like the other. So very, very cool. I think that's a very cool thing that they're going to do there. Congratulations to Candace Parker on being the first female and you know, very well earned. So that's going to be a cool thing. I like that they're doing that for a WNBA edition. So some more video game news. Do you wish that you could go back and buy some video games, leave them sealed, and then have them, you know, 30 years later, 20 years later? What am I talking about? Well, you're going to wish you could after the story I'm getting ready to tell you. So, a Legend of Zelda NES game that was sealed sold for $870,000 at auction over the last week. It was won by an unnamed bidder. It was a graded sealed copy. It was graded a 9.0. The starting bid for this was $100,000. So that's where the bid started at. Heritage Auction, this was the ones that that uh, handled the auction. They said that this was a rare copy of a second limited production run from 1987, and that it was actually the only copy of that production run that they had ever offered in a sealed condition. So, man. So you think that's a lot. Well, I'm going to top it. A sealed copy of Super Mario 64 from 1996 sold days later for $1.56 million at auction via Heritage Auction once again, setting a world record for the first game cartridge to go over a million sold. It graded a 9.8, so I mean, that thing was like pristine condition. Can you imagine? It's, I mean, it's like we bought these games to play. Back in the day, obviously, but could you imagine being able to go back and tell yourself? Because you just you see visions of it in your head, where you're at the toy store and you're like, "Oh, there's this game and that game." Yeah, I've already got those. Imagine if you just bought three of them, not even three, just bought one, and it could set you and your family and generations possibly set them up for life. <laughs> you know, it's. Just an incredible thought. Don't you wish you could go back and just be like, I'm just going to buy an extra Legend of Zelda game and I'm just going to let it sit there for, you know, 20 years or whatever and just keep it in a safe place and keep it untouched and where nothing can bother it. Man, it's uh, it really makes you think now. Like, what's on the shelf now? Like, video game-wise. I don't know. I'm curious to know now because everything's so digital now. Because you can still buy games in stores, obviously. But you can, but it's also, I feel like more people download them than they do actually buying, like, from the actual, like, physical store. But, like, what's on the shelf now that 30 years from now or 25 years now from now could be something that you leave sealed and could be 
worth a fortune. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure what that would be, but man, it really makes you kick yourself, doesn't it? Whew. My goodness. So, 20-year anniversary, Michelle Branch this week, she posted on her social media saying, talking about her song, Everywhere. She said, Everywhere, a song I wrote in my teenage bedroom, came out 20 years ago today and completely changed my life. So, Michelle Branch's song, Everywhere, 20 years old, released back in 2001 in July, uh, still a still a favorite song of mine. I still love that song. And goodness, Michelle Branch, she was just hitting on all cylinders, like right out of the gate. She got so big so quickly. I actually worked a music festival here locally to where Michelle Branch, of course, this was in July. And so she was actually here maybe a week after Everywhere was officially released. So she was brand new here. And I just remember just how brand new she was. And you could just tell that like just her whole like demeanor and everything on stage, you could just tell she was brand new and fresh and still learning things. And that this was all still so brand new, like being thrown out there you know, into this spotlight to where now this song is hit and it's starting to take off. And she was just so great that night. She actually had to deal with a lot of weather. I felt so bad for her because we just got slammed with a, because this was outside, and we got slammed with a severe thunderstorm that night. It just came up off the river. And we just watched it and watched it as it gradually moved over and eventually it downpoured. But she was constantly having to keep an eye on how long she could keep playing to where we didn't know when that show was going to get shut down in anticipation of the storm. So her set that night actually got cut short. And, but she, I mean, she was a trooper, you know, I mean, she just rolled with it and did as best she could, you know, under these circumstances of this weather. And, you know, that's one thing I always remember with her is just seeing her like right out of the gate, right after that song was released. And of course, then after that, she just went on to stardom and has just had an awesome career. Um, if you're a Night Court fan, Charlie Robinson that played Mac on Night Court passed away earlier this week at age 75. I did, he was always so good on that show. I really enjoyed him. I was looking at his show credits. I'd actually forgotten that he was on Home Improvement as well. I forgot that he was on there. And I saw where he was listed on Heart of Dixie. I was like, oh yeah, I remember him on Heart of Dixie. And he was good on there. I'm hoping that, of course, the reboot of Night Court is getting ready to start. Well, not now, but I mean, they're they're in pre-production on it. It's still long ways off from uh, from actually launching to where we can see it but i'm really hoping that they'll uh acknowledge him you know and give him a tribute on that reboot he was just so good in that character and such a huge part of that show survivor it's been a long time since we've had survivor due to the pandemic and we have a premiere date Season 41 of Survivor will premiere on Wednesday, September 22nd on CBS. 
man, it feels like forever since we've had Survivor. So it is going to be good to have that back. Lauren Elena continues to stay busy. She has always got something going on. Of course, she's got her new single out, If the World Was a Small Town. You can pick that up wherever you download your music. It's good stuff. I really like that song a lot. She has also announced that she is releasing a book on November 2nd of this year. It's going to be called Getting Good at Being You, Learning to Love Who God Made You to Be. So let me read what she wrote on her social media. Of course, if you know Lauren, she loves her puns. <laughs> she is big on puns. So this is what she had to say on her social media. Be sure to book your calendars for November 2nd. I'm releasing my rite of passage, getting good at being you. Can't wait for you to read it. It's available for pre-order online everywhere books are sold and on shelves in November. Thank you, Tom's a million to Trisha Yearwood for writing the foreword. So I'm going to go over kind of some of the description, kind of what we're going to see here in this book. This is what I'm reading off Amazon here. With a little bit of country, a whole lot of faith, and a healthy dose of sass, award-winning singer-songwriter Lauren Elena's debut book, Getting Good at Being You, invites you to take the road less traveled as you step right up to who God calls you to be. After years in the spotlight on American Idol and Dancing with the Stars, country music, Lauren, country music star Lauren Elena has learned a thing or two about fighting self-doubt and feeling at home in her own skin. In Getting Good at Being You, Lauren shares stories about everything from lost loves to getting a nose ring to battling an eating disorder to grieving a loved one's death. Side note before I finish that, if you've never heard her story about talking about losing a loved one and the loved one's death, whew, it, it will give you chills, the story that she has to tell about about that passing of just what she witnessed and how God was in it. It was just, it was awesome stuff. Each story leads to practical tips, take it on the road strategies, and encouragement for your own personal and spiritual growth. In this book, you will be inspired to speak to yourself with kindness and compassion, chase the dreams that light your spirit on fire, cultivate rich relationships with family and friends, identify self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors, offer forgiveness for yourself and others. This is going to be pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to this book. Of course, I'm a big Lauren Elena fan, so this is going to be very, very cool. There's going to be a lot of books coming out this year as far as from this genre. We already had Kelsey Ballerini. She announced lately that she's going to be putting out a poetry book on November 16th called feel your way through and she's been kind of releasing some of that some of that poetry through some social media posts and kind of giving us a little bit of tease and of course I would be not doing my job as a Carrie Underwood fan if I didn't say and a reminder that Carrie Underwood's book find your path is also out in bookstores currently wherever you get your books so yeah good stuff there I'm really looking forward to this Big Brother 23 week one has concluded, so let's talk about the craziness that has been this first week of Big Brother 23, or as Asa rightfully called it, Frenchie's Playhouse. <laughs> uh, what an absolute mess this week has been from the HOH level, a hot mess from the beginning. 
It's absolute terrible gameplay, but it has been great TV. He has been Devin 2.0 from a few seasons ago. It's It's been that bad. So these editors, they had quite the job this week trying to edit a story together of this mess. As we left off last week with the premiere, we had Frenchie where he had won HOH and woo. We were in for a week, everybody. This week was something. So let's cover the episode happenings, and then I'm going to add some things from the live feeds um, as I go along, as the live feeds have just been absolutely wild this week to watch with the antics of Frenchie. So we start with day one, which already feels like a month ago. Let me first say that I really like this cast. They were giving off a great first impression they're fun to watch and listen to on the feeds. I just, I've really enjoyed them. Just a fun and a good group. So let's get to Frenchie. Frenchie did a whole lot of talking right away on his thoughts of seasons past, his feelings on the world and what he wanted to see in the house this season, just his whole opinions, all this. So. There were a bunch, but let's start with this one as far as a lot of the things that he had with his plans coming into the house. So first off, he says in the DR, I don't like meatheads. He's not a fan. He said, I want to target meatheads, which are obviously, you know, the term for meatheads is obviously the physical threat players. That's that's what he uh, calls the meatheads. So that seems to be where we are going right away with the target for nominations. He lists the meatheads as Travis, Brent, Xavier, and Christian. So during the kickoff competition that was on the premiere, they rolled footage in of a flashback of him talking to some of the group on the balcony. And he promised safety to Travis and Xavier right away. Get ready because this is going to become a trend. Frenchie right away makes a final two with Derek F., who is now going by Big D. Big D is the is the name that Derek F. is going by in the house, so we'll stick with Big D. Because remember that we have two Derek's in the house. We have Derek F. and Derek X. So Derek F., Derek Frazier, Big D. So next thing we see on the episode is Frenchie talking about that he is going to be a showman's killer. If he sees a showman's in the house, he is shutting it down and targeting it. Not a showman's fan. So foreshadowing from the episode, you know, we're seeing this on there. As us on the feeds, we knew where this was going. We've been watching this, so when we're watching this on the episode, it's fun to watch the editing and see, like, the foreshadowing that's going on. So now here is where his next promises come in. He talks to the women, and he talks about how he wants to support the women. Wants them to not be targets, etc., etc. He tells the women that he will not put a woman up on the block. Promises them safety. So one thing not shown is him also giving speeches on how annoyed he is where he's saying how people of color have been treated in years past on Big Brother. So he is wanting to be a support for them as well. And of course, he mentions Big Brother 21 and the garbage that that season was. That That's the season that we just do not talk about uh, because it was so bad. And he promises safety, saying, I won't put up anyone people of color either. So he has promised that, and he has also promised this to the women. 
And we even get more of this Frenchie promise stuff in the DR when he says, if I tell you you're safe, I mean it. Keep hanging with me here. Keep notes of all of these things he is saying. So we see a conversation with Alyssa where he tells her she is safe. The show then starts feeding on this as well, running a montage of DRs with the house guests saying they feel safe. Yeah, we feel safe from Frenchie. We feel good here. More foreshadowing <laughs> by the show. While us live feeders know what is being set up here for, for the show watchers, for the ones that only watch the show. So here's where things start to evolve. Brent is Frenchie's target. That's his first target. Brent and Frenchie talk in the HOH room and they have this big bonding conversation where Brent opens up about the passing of his father and they just really hit it off and they end up hugging and bonding. So Frenchie moves the target saying Brent is safe. He even gives, he even tells Brent that he was going to target him, but now they're good and wants to work with him. So this gets us to the first wild card competition of the season. How this plays out is each team, except for the one already with safety with the HOH, will compete sending one player in for the competition. You have to be careful on who you want to have compete because... They only want, because you can only compete once, so next week you have to pick someone else from your team to compete. The only way this changes is if you lose enough players on your team, and then the order comes back around to you. So they have to decide on who to send in to play, and if they can't decide, they can do a random draw. So the teams discuss their plans, and another foreshadowing play here by the TV show when Sarah Beth is shown talking about how she feels comfortable not playing this week because she has been told she is safe while the show added the snake rattle. They add the snake rattle sound effect in there of there is a snake among you. <laughs> so the players end up being Kyland, Christian, and then the Aces decide to go to a random draw, which ends up being Hannah. So, the task is that you are basically at an after party in a room, and the room is trashed from the night before, so you have to find your keys, wallet, and cell phone while making as little of noise as possible. Now, the mics are all set up all over the room with all sorts of obstacles that you have to avoid to not make noise. The more decibel levels of noise you make, your point total goes up, so you want to have the lowest score here. So, if you hit something and it makes a lot of noise, your points go up on each incident. Also, you have five minutes to complete it. If you got over five minutes, you get 50 points added for a penalty to your total for every 10 seconds you go over. This was a fun competition. I like this, and they set it up big first thing to show how much trouble this was going to be, where they trip you up first thing when... They have cans stacked right on the inside of the door. So you open the door, and if you opened it wide enough or bold enough, you knock the cans over. And there were some, you know, that slowly opened it up, thinking there could be something on the other side of the store, which was good thinking. So the scores were Hannah with a noise score of 114. She finished at six minutes and three seconds, so she was at 414 with her penalties. 
Christian had a noise score of 125, finishing at 3 minutes and 41 seconds, keeping him at 125. It was a great time. Kyland finishes at 146 with a 6 minutes and 15 second time, putting him at a total of 486. So that means Christian wins, and this brings yet another twist. In comes a wheel that he must spin. On the wheel are the numbers of people that he can choose on his own team to keep safe along with himself. Now, if the wheel lands right, you could land safety for your whole team. So with the wheel spun and it just barely lands on one, it almost landed on three, which would have kept his whole team safe. So Christian can save one member of his team, and he picks Xavier to keep safe. So that means Christian and Xavier are safe from nominations this week. Why did Christian pick Xavier? Well, Christian said that Alyssa and Sarah Beth had already told him they were safe this week. So he picked the only other member of his team that he knew of that hadn't been told they were safe. Thus, that should protect his whole team, right? Here's where the clips of the Frenchie paranoia get going, including showing him just randomly walking into rooms, not needing anything or picking up anything, just in and out. So house guests pick up on that and they show one scene where Frenchie is listening at a door with a group in there and Tiffany walks out and bumps into him at the door. What the show did not show is that she did that on purpose. The show made it look like that she did it on accident. They were in the room and thought there was someone listening at the door and it was Frenchie. So she purposely walked to the door and opened it to walk out and bust him. So the funny thing is that when this happens, Frenchie doesn't actually just enter the room. He peeks in, looks out, looks in, and then just hovers around the hallway and doesn't do anything. Just looks completely confused while Tiffany's just standing there. So the house is very on to his antics. And there's a moment shown on the show where he sees Christian and Alyssa talking in the kitchen with one with their arm around the other, just completely harmless, casual. So Frenchie says, there's a showmance. There's a showmance in this house. I got to break that up. On the show, they show the clip of Frenchie asking if Alyssa has any alliance going on. So first here, let's talk feeds. Frenchie had been bringing person after person up there all day because this is what he does. He starts one conversation with about three people, talks game, talk turns to someone else and something they had said. Frenchie says, want me to bring them up? <laughs> and the group will go from three to five to eight to just like that over and over through the week. I wish the show would actually do like a montage of his Want me to bring up so-and-so up? Bring them up here? <laughs> I think it'd be pretty funny. So this moment of Frenchie paranoia where he was trying to figure out the alliances. He brings more people up. Let's also add in that he has also been forming the Slaughterhouse Alliance, which he kept adding to and adding to and adding to. At one point, it was up to 11 people. And there are only 15 other people in the house other than Frenchie. So I think the living room couch and maybe like the kitchen microwave was in this alliance at some point this week too. So 
<sighs> so Frenchie brings some more up to ask them point blank. Because the paranoia is running wild. He just asks if anyone has been offered an alliance. Bold question, but this is Frenchie and his Madness of the Week. So one of the people that was in the group that he was asking is Alyssa. Alyssa says no. She says, I, I haven't been offered an alliance, but I have my team. So we get to the nominations. Remember all that. Now imagine our complete shock on the feeds, because the feeds go down, remember, we don't see the nominations, we don't see veto competitions, we rarely see HOH competitions on the feeds. We don't see the veto ceremony, any of it. So we're just waiting for the feeds to come back, and then we try to piece together what had happened. Now imagine our complete shock on the feeds when the feeds come back on, and we learned that Alyssa and Kyland are on the block. They're nominated. What? <laughs> now let's remember what Frenchie proposed with all of his ranting of I'm this and I'm that. I will not put a woman on the block. I will not put a person of color on the block. Lots of people not understanding this move. And let's even take a step back on the feeds. Even before nominations at one point, Frenchie went to the backyard and he talked to the women saying that he needed a pawn to put on the block. And he asked if any of the women would offer to be one. And, of course, it is silence. One, you'd never offer to be a pawn in Big Brother, because oftentimes the pawn's the one that goes home because of something crazy happening during the week or the game changing, you know, while you're on the block, and then, you know, the other person ends up safe, and then the pawn goes home. It happens all the time. So, two... They were told he wasn't going to put up a woman. So afterwards, after he leaves, the women are like, what was that all about? Like, what about Frenchie? He's mad because none of the women would offer to be a pawn after he promised a woman wouldn't go on the block. He's upset that none of them want to go up as a pawn. So... During his nomination speech, he said he had a dream that he was fishing and he was trying to catch a big fish and that for a big fish, you need, need big bait. Confuse the house guest, confuse the feeders, confuse the show watchers. Is one of the nominees a big fish? Are they bait? Who's the big fish? The big fish speech gave the house and all of us feed watchers something to talk about, laugh about all week. So we've been trying to figure that out. And it even got like a spoof going where Tiffany did a really funny uh, spoof of that. But even, uh, even Frenchie was laughing at. So the feeds for the rest of the day were quite entertaining with this fallout of us all trying to figure out what in the world he was doing. Even his alliance didn't know who he was putting on the block. So they got a surprise too. Afterwards, they were like, what in the world was that all about? They had no clue who he was putting up. So Frenchie said in the DR that Alyssa was put up be because she was the right hand of the showmance since he couldn't target Christian. We had no idea why Kylan was suddenly on the block at all. Like, why pick him? So we have tears from both nominees where they're not understanding what was going on. They're both blindsided. Everyone's confused over the big fish story because it doesn't make sense either. Not knowing what that even meant. 
So Alyssa and Christian go to the HOH room to hear out Frenchie on why Alyssa was put up. This was the day I was just glued to the feeds watching this all play out. Frenchie says to them that you two are showmancing it up, to which they have a look of shock on their face. There is no showmance here. We all knew it. They knew it. And apparently Frenchie is the only one that thought they were a showmance. So Frenchie brings up the moment when he asked Alyssa about if she had an alliance, saying she lied because she does. And she says, I didn't say I had an alliance. I said my team. I have a team, so we talk. She's like, Christian's on my team. Xavier's on my team. Sarah Beth's on my team. We talk. We're all a team. We're all in the same room together. So (laughs) Frenchie figures out he messed up. Yes. Yes, you did, Frenchie. Yes, you messed up again. So in the DR... Frenchie says this is a mistake, so he's going to have to overcome it, and he figures out a new target. That new target would be Derek X. So I like Derek's line that he had that they showed in the show and when he was in the group. And I think it was actually the same conversation when they busted him at the door. And he said that Frenchie actually would make the actual fires in the house, and then he puts them out. Like, he's the one that starts them, and then he puts them out. So, Frenchie goes on to talk about how Derek X is acting suspicious. And Frenchie pops into a group chat and basically, like, passively points fingers at Derek X. So, Derek talks to Frenchie, mentioning how he and Travis talk, and Frenchie jumps right on it, including him in the DR, saying, You fell right into my trap. I've got you gotcha, you're formed an alliance, I've gotcha. So as Frenchie continues to talk, Derek does a lot of nodding, kind of that like passive reaction that you get when you're just talking to someone, but you're not really engaging, you're just kind of nodding and listening and okay, yeah, you know, and that kind of deal. But Frenchie ran with it because this is what his game is. He tells Brent to not hang out with Derek, which is hard for Brent because they're on the same team, And Derek gets quite the target put on him this week for things he didn't even do. Like lots of lies that were spread around about him through the house of things he had done or said, which were things, like I said, he hadn't done or and said. So he's completely oblivious on a lot of it. He he has no idea any of this is going on and that people are thinking this or saying this. So... Brent does tell Derek about the possible backdoor target of him going on the block post-veto. Derek and Brent are teammates, like I said, so Brent clued him in. Brent does talk to Frenchie, trying to get him to move the target from Derek to Travis, to which Frenchie says he is unable to do because of that day one promise of safety he gave to Travis. Seriously. (laughs) Who cares about your promises? It's like you've broken every one of them. What's what's one more? So that gets us to the veto competition. Of course, if you're not familiar with the veto competition, six players play in it, including the HOH and the two nominees. The rest are picked by random draw by those three people. So of course they draw into draw into a hat kind of deal. So Frenchie drew out Tiffany's name. Kylan drew the house guest choice uh, chip so he could pick whoever whoever he wanted. He picked Travis to play. Alyssa 
pulled out a hat. She draws Derek X. So now we didn't see the veto draw. When the feeds came back on, we immediately got Frenchie saying, oh, this is the worst possible case scenario. And it really was for him. It really, really was for him. So he wanted to target Derek X for a back door. And now he is, and now Derek X is playing and he has a chance for veto. His other possible target for, of Travis is also playing. So this is not good for Frenchie. So the veto competition is basically you roll a ball down the ramp. It looks like the ball looks like a cherry and you land it in the hole at the bottom. The concept is that you are building a cocktail with all of these ingredients and the ingredients are like board pieces. So you have to continue to drop the ball and land up the pieces to where it will form a pattern to where it's going to roll perfectly down to the bottom and go in the hole. So Smart move here right away by Derek X is his strategy was to start from the bottom and work his way up knowing that most everyone else is going to start from the top. As he moves up, he'll copy what others have done from the top, which was great strategy. That was great, great strategy. So it comes down to him and Alyssa. Alyssa was super close to winning this. She only had her last piece angled just barely off to where the ball just landed off the hole. Like it was and crazy how close she was. So Derek then finished it for the win. So that's another Frenchie plan that goes boom. <laughs> With Derek X winning the veto, now he can't make that move. So this will keep Derek X off the block. And now Frenchie is talking about how he is dreading going back on his word to Travis. To which again I say, why? Because you've went against every word you've already put out there on everybody else so you've guaranteed you promised like the whole house they were safe so brent tells Derek to do whatever frenchie wants him to do with the veto so frenchie says he would like the veto used on kylan and then he wants to put up travis as the replacement so Derek x does does use the veto he saves kylan from the block Frenchie then puts up Travis as the replacement nominee, meaning that either Alyssa or Travis will be the first person evicted from Big Brother 23. That gets us to tonight's eviction episode, the first live eviction episode of the season. And we opened up with the fallout of the veto. Derek X said that he used the veto to gain favor with Frenchie and to also take Kylan off the block who he felt didn't deserve to be up there, which he didn't deserve to be up there. So Travis is, of course, talking about the broken promise in the DR. And one thing we get here, we finally get a Slaughterhouse Alliance segment showing the forming of that alliance. And the eight are brought in to do a formal, like, forming of this group with gathering and doing the hand signals and look at us, we're together, and woo, you know, and all that that they always do for the show. And this is the clip from recently to where Frenchie said on the live feeds in the last couple of days that production had asked for them to all gather so they could capture it for the show as like the official slaughterhouse get together, I guess, where it's like, this is where you made it official, which it was already official. So the official eight that were in the room at the time are Frenchie, 
Brent, Alyssa, Whitney, Big D, Xavier, Christian, and Kylan. Now, of course, there are others that know about the Slaughterhouse Alliance and are parts of it, but just weren't in this moment. It was just kind of a weird thing that the show made them do. Because, I don't know, it just it wasn't near as formal as it looked on TV. It was just really kind of forced as far as how it looked on the feeds. Because the Slaughterhouse has been around since day two, and it took till over a week into the show for it to even be mentioned on the TV show. So this just felt like a rush job of, we need to intro this on TV to where we can make this make sense. So next we get another funny moment from the feeds this week, and this is the forming of the All-Girls Alliance by Frenchie. Yes, Frenchie decided to form an All-Girls Alliance with him as the leader. Huh? (laughs) This was the feeling of the girls, too. So this is Asa, Tiffany, Hannah, and Claire. So we have several DRs here to where they're saying, do you think there's going to be an all-girl alliance led by a guy? And they all see through this, including Hannah saying that she's like, this is just being done so he can attempt to try to control us to do what he wants us to do. They all see through it. All the DRs are like, yeah, we're on to this. The name is French Kisses for the alliance name. Not the best. Not the best at all. So this, not the best name. Nope. So this wasn't shown on the show, but right after this was formed, Frenchie went and told his alliance about it. He formed this all-girls alliance to then immediately go out it. I don't, I'm not making this stuff up. So on to Travis. Travis makes the pitch in the HOH to save himself offering loyalty to Frenchie and that saying that keeping him would be good for Frenchie because it would be a bigger target because he would be a bigger target still next week and he would be kind of a shield for Frenchie because people would be more concerned with trying to get Travis out. So Frenchie and Brent do say that he made a good argument, you know, and they're like, maybe we need to think about this. So that gets us to the eviction vote. Travis was told, we knew Travis was going home. This was, this was the talk all week. Like there was a little bit of a rumbling to try to flip it, but it never got any kind of traction. Travis was always the plan. So Travis was indeed told earlier today on the feeds that he was going home. So this was not a blindside surprise for him on the live show tonight. So the votes to evict Travis were Sarah Beth, Xavier, Whitney, Christian, Asa, Kylan, Derek X, Claire, Hannah, Brittany, and Brent. The only two votes to evict Alyssa were Big D, who had been teasing on the feeds about throwing a hinky vote, He has been wanting to do that all week, and he wants to place the blame on Derek X. So at one point, Big D goes up to Alyssa on the feeds, and he asks, would it be okay if I threw a hinky vote and I just voted you out? And of course she says, no, that's that's not okay. (laughs) Like, no, it's never okay for me to agree for you to put a vote on. Like, why would you want to, what if the hinky votes, what if, other people start throwing she didn't say this i'm saying this what if other people start throwing hinky votes and 
the votes end up piling up against you? Or what if the vote's closer than you think it is and that hinky vote gets you sent home? It's like, no, you never agree to that. So it was, that was funny. So the other hinky vote was Tiffany. Frenchie had asked her to vote that way as a hinky vote to, again, place blame elsewhere. And Tiffany did agree to it with a deal. So a deal intact there. So the vote is 11 to 2 vote to evict Travis. Travis is the first person evicted from Big Brother 23. So during his interview with Julie Chen outside the house, we learned that he had done some game damage on the way out. and He had teased that he was going to do this. He said that he had decided to out Frenchie's game about the promises broke to him again on night one where he said, you know, you're, you promised I was safe. So I'm glad that he did it, but I'm not sure that it did much or not because he's broken promises to everyone. It Probably the reaction in the house was probably like a welcome to the club reaction. You know, like he's done it to all of us. So we get to the HOH competition, which was called Pool Sharks. You have a shark in the corner of this big platform and open mouth. And what you're trying to do, well, first you have all these marks that are across the course to where you can pick numbers on where you want to hit a ball at that shark. So the higher number spots are the numbers where the shot's going to be harder. And you can't bank shot either. You can't hit a bank. It's got to be direct. So the higher number up you go, the harder angle it's going to be to hit it. So you have to be careful on where you pick. And it goes from low to high with that order as far as how we're going to go with who's, who's up when. So... I'm only going to name the people that hit shots because it's just easier, I guess. So Alyssa was the first one to go, and she went with 15, put her about halfway up the up the ramp there. Well, not ramp, but on the platform. So she goes at 15, nails it, and right after her, Brent goes up, hits it at 16. From there, we really had a long break of misses waiting to see if anyone was going to hit. Now, I was really stressing out because I did not want a Brent HOH because Brent and and Frenchie are tight. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be another Frenchie HOH. No, we can't have this. It was just stress city. Colin goes up at 24, next to last, nails it. And from there he held on, and Colin is your new HOH so much excitement, cheering. Whew, this this is good stuff. This this yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So now with the week ahead, Julie did inform us that the winner of the next wild card competition will have to switch teams if they want safety. So that covers like the main happenings. I'm gonna go back here. Here's some random show happenings of things that we saw on the show this week. I love the new show Open. Very cool. I love the neon effects and altering a bit of the theme music. look. Just very cool. Just very, very cool. I love that. We had the Have Not Room reveal. This was a fun reveal. And these sleeping conditions for the Have Nots are not fun. Of course, the team is of Alyssa, Xavier, Sarah, Beth, and Christian. 
They were last in the competition last week, making them have-nots, so they have to sleep isolated away upstairs, including their beds consisting of a jet ski, a game table, among other things. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not comfortable. Xavier was laying on his stomach on this jet ski, sleeping one night. Well, probably every night. I just happened to catch him one night when he was in there laying down. He was kind of making jokes about how he was going to try to make this comfortable. So, pretty funny. Uh, Sarah Beth, night one, she is still continuing her stories of that she is a voice actor instead of her actual profession, which is a scientist. And I listened to her on the feeds talking to Xavier at one point where she was telling just such a great like cover story of being a voice actor. And like I knew she was lying. And I think I talked about this last week, but I knew she was lying. And she was just so convincing with the story that she was telling it. I was basically like nodding while I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So ironic thing is that she was talking to Xavier, who is also lying about his profession, saying that he's a bartender instead of an attorney. So it's just like you've got two people here lying about the profession. It's just, it's funny. So speaking of Xavier, he has been big on what he calls Operation Nomance, which means no showmances for him. But he has said in the DR, he said that Alyssa was the biggest threat to Operation Nomance, which I thought was pretty funny. And he did make a little bit of a play at her on the live feeds this week, just feeling it out. But you could tell there just wasn't interest from her. So, they've had a good bond. I've, I've enjoyed watching them talk in the house this week. And we also had the reveal of the Cookout Alliance, which on the show, it was actually shown before the Slaughterhouse Alliance, which is bizarre. I just, I can't believe how long it took them to show the Slaughterhouse on the feed, or I mean on the show. So, as far as the live feeds, what did you miss on the live feeds? Just going to throw in some just kind of random things here, just some fun things and maybe some game things. So the feeds were actually just so wild on one day that I took my walk and put the feeds on my phone where I could continue to listen as I walked because I was just afraid to step away for long. This was the day of the nominations. So when Alyssa and Kylan went up. So I was just afraid to miss anything. So I was like, well, I'm going to take my walk. I'm just going to put my phone in my pocket and just listen <laughs> and just put the feeds up and listen. So obviously with the feeds, you missed a lot more of the wild Frenchy stuff. Obviously he just makes stuff up and then spreads it around the house. Like I said, many are onto his game. Tiffany being one, uh, she's big time onto him. One thing not shown was Frenchie at one point laying laying down next to Derek X as Derek was just so tired and he was trying to to go to sleep and Frenchie laid down to him continuing to talk to him trying to talk him to him about the veto and using the veto so that was a pretty funny thing that I think they really should have shown a lot of the live feeders got a kick out of that and just like, oh my goodness, if you're Derek X, it's like, stop, I just want to sleep. Because Frenchie doesn't stop. He doesn't stop with gameplay. And also, he hasn't been sleeping up in the HOH room, which has been a hot topic of discussion. He roams downstairs and then the room is empty while many are annoyed saying to themselves, 
of if he isn't going to sleep up there, let someone else sleep up there. Tell us you're not going to sleep up there so one of us can have that comfortable room, you know, instead of just leaving it empty while we're all down here and not the best of conditions. So at one point this week, the house guests were given a GoPro video camera. It was very cool. They gave them that for an hour a few nights ago. Xavier roamed around with it, recording stuff inside the house, including a house tour. Big Brother edited a video of it, and they posted it up on their social media. It was just fun to see them do that in real time with him roaming with the camera and then see the edited version. So, uh, another thing, some of these house guests are wrestling fans, and a couple of them have been doing the John Cena trumpet for his theme song. The They've been doing that just off and on. And clearly the person that is manning the button on the feeds doesn't know what that is. Because with Big Brother, you can't sing copyrighted music in the house because of copyrights, obviously. Because this is going out. It's, a, you know, it's CBS. They don't want music being sung on because of copyrights, you know. So this is, goes way back. This is the way it's been for... I don't know, as long as I can remember, probably all the way back to the beginning. I don't know if Big Brother won if they let them do that. I don't think they, from two on up, I don't think they've ever let them do it. I don't know. One was always live. They didn't ever break that from what I remember. They didn't ever cut feeds on one. So so you can't sing, like I said, you can't sing copyrighted music to where if you start singing, they'll say, please stop singing. They'll put over the speakers so I kept waiting for them to do this with the Cena theme but clearly the one at the button doesn't know the song so that made me laugh that it just keeps going they keep doing the trumpets every so often so the other morning Alyssa Big D and Asa were in a room together having a fun conversation lots of laughing from them and then also me watching just a lot of fun reenactments of conversations by them Big D said that he and Alyssa can't even look at each other at times because he says that they just have the same kind of silly and her face will make him laugh because they are just so synced up on like their silliness and what makes each of them laugh. So Alyssa told a reenactment of Derek X coming up to her asking if he should use the veto on her. Derek is very limited on his game knowledge and he's still learning the game. So Alyssa retold this story saying, what are you supposed to say to an obvious question like that when he comes up and he's just like, do you think I should use the veto on you? And she, in a retail, she said she just, at the time was like, she just paused looking like she was thinking and pondering on it. She's like, yeah, that, that would probably be good where inside, of course, she's screaming, of course, I want you to use it. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a terrible question. So <clears throat> funny moment here. On Sunday, we had really bad audio when the feeds would cut. So anytime the feeds went to the theme song music, it had a really bad buzz in it that sounded like someone hadn't plugged the aux cord all the way in. Like, you know, if you've got like something plugged in for an input and you just don't have that aux cable in very strong, you got that buzz, it just goes, so it just kind of does that number. That's what it sounded like every time the feeds cut. And this went on until the next day. Uh, Taryn Armstrong, RHAP, he does the live feed updates every morning. And for his July 11th uh, morning live feed update, he discussed it saying, there's been this thing going on with the feeds. Buzz. <laughs> 
he said, uh, he said, there's this really annoying buzz with the feeds cut during the music, which is absurd. He said, we don't need music anyway, because BB Canada just goes to quiet when the feeds are off. We don't need blaring music at our ears at any given moment when the feeds cut, especially when you can't even connect the cord properly and you still haven't fixed it yet. <laughs> I rolled because he had reached his, his boiling point. I thought it was hilarious. And it just it kept going forever. So, and what's kind of funny is, I think I talked about this last week, but when the feeds actually went live on premiere night, they were playing this short loop of music with the lyrics of like, turn it up, yeah, we're going to celebrate loud enough, yeah, until the roof shakes, turn it up. And it drove live feeders crazy in a short amount of time. It was like a loop that played for like 45 seconds. It was just these lyrics over and over. And it, it drove people insane very quickly. It wasn't even slowly. It was quickly. So <laughs> many joked saying that they thought maybe the buzz was probably like the backlash from production saying, okay, fine, you don't like our music? Here's some aux cord buzzing for you. You deal with that. So moving on as far as like, so we have the new HOH with Kylan. One thing to keep an eye on that hasn't been shown on the show yet is that earlier this week on the feeds, Kylan outed the Slaughterhouse Alliance to Sarah Beth. Him and Sarah Beth are close in the house. He named all the names to her. So what does she do with this information? We're going to find out. And how does that play into Kylan's HOH week? So, I mean, as far as my favorites of the season so far, I've got Alyssa. Xavier, Sarah Beth, Asa, Tiffany. That's really like my main ones that I just really like. Of course, I really like pretty much everybody. It's it's just a fun cast. It's a good cast. I really am enjoying this season. So we are on to week two. It's got to be not as crazy as week one, right? My thing is, what if Frenchie ends up on the block? This is how... This is how all over the place and messy he was with power. What happens when he doesn't have power and he's on the block? I think it's going to be worse. Well, it's definitely going to be worse. has to be worse. So what's week two bring us? I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped, though, for a Kylan HOH. Congratulations to Kylan on his big HOH win tonight. So that is it for this week's podcast. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.